Good morning, and welcome to Simply CRE. It's Thursday, February 1st. On today's show, a Japanese bank tanks over 20% after flagging losses tied to U.S. commercial property, and Franklin Street sells a DFW office asset. Plus, major bank shares slide on U.S. real estate exposure jitters. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply CRE. We start off with a significant development in the banking sector. Shares of Aozora Bank have hit their lowest level in eight months after the Japanese bank warned of a fiscal year net loss due to its exposure to U.S. office loans. The Tokyo-based commercial lender now expects to post a net loss of 28 billion Japanese yen for the fiscal year ending March 31st. This is a significant swing from its previous forecast for a net profit of 24 billion yen. To discuss this further, we have our correspondent from Simply CRE with us. Bella, what led to this drastic change in Aozora Bank's financial forecast? David, Aozora Bank attributes this to the adverse conditions in the U.S. office market, which is still grappling with the effects of higher U.S. interest rates and the shift to remote work due to COVID-19. The bank stated that the U.S. office market continues to face extremely low liquidity, while they anticipate that price discovery will eventually improve with an expected return to office movement and a pause in the rise in U.S. interest rates, they believe it may take another year or two for the market to stabilize. And how has this announcement affected Aozora Bank's shares? Aozora's shares sank by as much as 21.5% to 2,557 yen, its lowest closing level since May 31st. This is in stark contrast to Japan's Nikkei 225 benchmark, which closed down only 0.8% on Thursday. This news comes shortly after U.S. regional bank New York Community Bancorp announced a surprise net loss. Can you tell us more about that? Yes. New York Community Bancorp announced a surprise net loss of $252 million for the fourth quarter. They also slashed their dividend and stated that they built reserves during the quarter to address weakness in the office sector. This news has renewed some fears about the strength of U.S. regional banks, which were embroiled in a liquidity crisis last year. And how does New York Community Bancorp's situation relate to Aozora Bank's current predicament? New York Community Bancorp's loss was in response to its purchase of the assets of Signature Bank, one of the regional banks that collapsed in last year's crisis. This purchase raised their total assets to $100 billion, placing them in a category that subjects the bank to more stringent liquidity standards. This situation underscores the challenges that banks like Aozora are facing due to their exposure to U.S. office loans. That was Simply CRE reporter Bella providing us with insights on the recent developments with Aozora Bank and the U.S. office market. Speaking of the U.S. office market, Franklin Street Properties has sold Collins Crossing, a 300,887-square-foot office building in Richardson, Texas. This marks the first time the property has changed hands in more than two decades. The buyers, Goldenrod Cause and Reserve Capital Partners, also acquired an adjacent 3.6-acre parcel for a mixed-use development. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent for Simply CRE. So Celeste, can you tell us more about this transaction? Certainly, David. Collins Crossing was last traded in 2003 for $46.6 million when Franklin Street acquired the asset from a private owner. 
At the time of the current sale, the property was 85% leased. The 11-story building, which was built in 1998, features floor plates averaging 28,550 square feet, eight passenger elevators, and more than 1,150 parking spaces, along with ground floor retail. Other amenities include a fitness center, conference center, green space, and cafe. What about the tenants of Collins Crossing? The tenants comprise Childress Engineering Services, AID Software, VCE, and Argo Data Resource. The property is located at 1500 and Greenville Ave within the Innovation Center hub, roughly two miles from Richardson Plaza. It's 16 miles from downtown Dallas and 23 miles southeast of Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. And what about the adjacent parcel that was also acquired by Goldenrod Cause and Reserve Capital Partners? The adjacent 3.6-acre parcel is set to serve as the site of a mixed-use development. This indicates that the buyers are looking at a broader development strategy in the area, beyond just the office building. How does this sale fit into the broader office property market in Dallas? According to the latest Commercial Edge Office report, Dallas saw $2 billion in assets changing hands in 2023, being surpassed only by Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, and Manhattan. The average price per square foot in the Metroplex last year was $209, slightly higher than the $196 national average. This sale of Collins Crossing fits into that active market. Thanks for the insights, Celeste. Now, shifting our focus to the financial sector, shares of major banks have taken a hit due to concerns over exposure to the troubled U.S. real estate sector. This comes after two overseas lenders reported significant commercial property losses, leading to a sell-off in local bank shares. Here to delve deeper into this issue is our correspondent, Abby. Can you give us a bit more context about these losses and their impact on bank shares? Certainly, David. The Commonwealth Bank, Australia's largest lender, led the decline in the financial sector, with its shares falling 2.9%. This is the biggest fall since August. The Financial Services Index fell 1.8% compared to 1.2% for the ASX 200. This sell-off was triggered by mounting commercial property losses at New York Community Bancorp and Japanese lender Aozora, both of which have significant exposure to the U.S. real estate sector. And what's the connection between these overseas lenders and the local banks? The connection lies in the exposure to the U.S. commercial property sector. Both Community Bancorp and Iozora have reported losses due to their exposure to this sector. This has reminded investors of the potential risks associated with commercial real estate in the U.S., leading to a sell-off in shares of banks with similar exposures. What's the current state of the U.S. commercial property sector? The U.S. commercial property sector is under significant pressure. Office building owners are particularly hard hit as the rate of remote working remains high and higher interest rates make real estate assets less attractive to investors. About $541 billion in debt backed by commercial real estate assets came due last year, and this figure is expected to rise to more than $2.2 trillion by the end of 2027. What does this mean for Australian investors? Some Australian investors have substantial exposures to the U.S. commercial property market. For instance, Australian Super wrote off an investment in a 12-story office tower in Washington, D.C. in October. The recent losses and the ongoing uncertainty in the U.S. commercial property sector could potentially impact these investors. 
What are the potential long-term implications of this situation? Analysts have warned that the regional banking crisis from last March, triggered by the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, has not fully played out. If default rates rise and stress on banks' balance sheets continues to grow, there could be calls for regulators to increase buffers in the financial system. This could potentially slow the flow of credit into the world's largest economy and limit banks' ability to provide capital. That's certainly a situation to keep an eye on. Thanks for your insights, Abby. In other news, a new local real estate team, Cromwell Commercial Group, is set to focus on industrial and commercial prospects in the Waco market. This team includes several veterans from Coldwell Banker Commercial Jim Stewart Realtors and the former mayor, Dylan Meek. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent, Michael. Can you tell us more about this new entity and its focus? Absolutely, David. Cromwell Commercial Group is essentially a successor of Coldwell Banker Commercial Jim Stewart Realtors. The team includes several veterans of that firm, including Greg Glime, Bland Cromwell, and Brad Davis. Interestingly, former Mayor Dylan Meek will serve as COO and General Counsel. The newly created entity will move to a 9,000-square-foot space at Triangle Tower and will offer an in-house suite of services to help clients navigate the challenges of commercial transactions. What can you tell us about the team behind Cromwell Commercial Group? The 12 agents joining Cromwell Commercial Group have brought their personal listings with them. Cromwell and Davis, who are the longest tenured in the group, joined Jim Stewart Realtors back in the 1970s. They've expressed a desire to carry on the tradition and legacy of Jim Stewart and impact the next generation of commercial real estate professionals. The team also includes Becky Antunis and Kat Leos, leading the transaction operations, Blair Brooks, overseeing brand and marketing, and Dwayne Ellis, managing property for the new entity. What can we expect from Cromwell Commercial Group in terms of their operations and services? Cromwell Commercial Group will function under Lori Arnold at Coldwell Banker Apex Realtors in Richardson, the largest woman-owned Coldwell Banker in the United States. They plan to provide a range of services including investment sales, buyer and seller representation, landlord and tenant representation, site selection, and property and asset management. The aim is to elevate their clients' efficiencies, create cost savings, and maximize results. And how does the former mayor Dylan Meek fit into this picture? Dylan Meek, an attorney with a long-standing interest in transactional real estate, will provide legal advice to the group. He recently acquired majority interest in First Title Co., and is expected to bring a lot to the table with his knowledge and city involvements. Cromwell Commercial Group certainly seems to have a clear vision for their role in the Waco market, as we just heard from our Simply CRE correspondent, Michael. And on that note, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply CRE. We'll see you back here tomorrow. <laughs>